It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Thank you for joining us for another Tuesday edition of our podcast. This is a real treat for me, and I know it will be for you as well. We are joined today by literally, I know I went to law school, I'm prone to hyperbole, but literally the most successful author in the world. He's written more best-selling books uh, than me and all of my friends combined have read. I saw a number recently, and I found that number staggering, and not just because I'm a cynic. I just found it staggering that our guest today has sold something like half a billion books, billion with a B. You can add the total number of books sold by several very, very well-known authors together, and it would not approach the number a book sold by Mr. James Patterson. He's written alone. He's written with other authors. Some of those authors are well-known, and some of them uh, perhaps not quite as well-known. His works have been made into movies and TV shows, and you name it, and somebody has taken his work and turned it into something else. His latest book, which I enjoyed because it's crime, Um, there are investigators, there's a DA, and there's professional football involved. It's hard to get all that together, but he managed to pull it off in Lion and Lamb. And no, that is not a reference to the Bible. For those that think of Lion and Lamb as being a reference to the book of Revelation, that's not it. Those are the names of two private investigators, one working for the defense, one working for the prosecution in an extremely high-profile homicide that gripped the city of Philadelphia and has an ending uh, that I didn't see coming. And you would think I would see that coming since I used to do that for a living, but I did not see it coming. With that, welcome to you, Mr. James Patterson. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) How badly did I, can I do a little hyperbole? I can do hyperbole. I can. I gotta go hyperbole with you, and you want one one on one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sitting there wondering. I didn't want to give short shrift to all. I mean, I, I literally, if I were to like list all of the books that you have authored, that would be my entire allotted time. So I, I yeah, it's a long. It's yeah, it's probably more than I should. I, I write more books than I should, but I'm, I'm happy. You know, it's funny. I, I read it was in the New York Times this past week, and this uh, one of their commentators said that you know writers think of of writing like going to the dentist. And I, I don't get that. I, you know, to me, it's great. I, I, it's, I'm so lucky. I love doing it. I'd be lost if I couldn't. I do some books with Mike Lupica, who's a very good sports writer. And Mike's the same. I just talked to him 10 minutes ago, and he's the same thing. He, he loves to write. I mean, we both started doing it when we were kids, and, and we love it. Love doing it. Somebody said you're lucky if you find something you like to do, then it's a miracle. Somebody will pay you to do it. And that's our deal. So, uh, you know, good. Good stuff. You mentioned a young James Patterson. I want to ask you about a young James Patterson. Did you want to do this when you were 
growing up? Did you want to be an athlete? How, how did, yeah, how did I wanted you- to be an athlete. I just wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I here, here's here's my, here's my athletic achievement of my, 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 uh, uh, hot list here. I could dunk a basketball in high school. I was five eleven, and I have uh, nine holes in one in golf. That's it. That's my whole, that's the whole deal. But, you know, as a kid, but my grandmother said, she said, you know, you can do a lot of stuff, uh, uh, but you're not going to be, a, you're not going to play in the NBA, so forget about it. I played freshman ball uh, in college, and, and I said, I probably could make the varsity, but I'm going to sit on the bench, and it's time to do something else. So I started writing a lot, and I, and I, and I loved it, loved it. We could do an entire podcast on nine hole in ones because I've been playing since I was five, and, yeah, and, and I'm okay, and I haven't come close to to. Well, it's weird, and my wife has six. Oh, my, my wife God. was an all American swimmer at Wisconsin. She's a good athlete. I'm an okay golfer. I'm not a great golfer, but for some reason, I get holes in one. I and it's weird. I, I guess I just hit the ball kind of straight and. Uh, you know, whatever, or I lie a lot. I don't know one of them. Maybe no, I, I, I could have made them all up. Yeah, no, I'm not lying. It's true. Yeah. All right. Speaking of things you've done, you did very, very well academically in college, Manhattan College, if I'm not mistaken. English. And then Vanderbilt. Yeah. And then you got a, a master's in English from Vanderbilt. So my. Yeah. What I want, I actually tell kids to major in English that come to me and say they want to be a lawyer. I say mm-hmm. major in English, not not for the grammar, but for the literature, what it exposes you to. Yeah. So I guess I'm wondering, did your undergraduate and, and your master's teach you to write or did it just expose you to great authors and therefore you found your rhythm? Yeah, I think it I think it exposed me to a lot of a, a lot of different kinds of ways to write. And there were a couple of books that influenced me a lot. Uh, 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 one was a weird one back in the 17th century, I think, Tristram Shandy. And that just kind of taught me there are no real rules, which was kind of cool to, to, you know, somebody had, had written a, about a 700 page book about that novel, uh, uh, way back then when, when people were just starting to put down kind of fiction of that sort. Um, and then two books, Mrs. Bridge and Mr. Bridge by Evan Connell Jr., and that kind of is the short chapters, and and in the case of Mrs. Bridge, very witty. And it's just it's his family in Kansas City, and one book is her point of view in their lifetime, and the and the other one is his point of view in the same lifetime. And and that just got me that that helped me develop my style, which is the short chapters, the very punchy, keep people reading, uh, which I think serves us well in, in this day and age when people. No, they want things to happen right away. You know, they, they don't have a lot of time for things, but they don't think they do anyway. They certainly have a lot of time to stare at their phones. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I, I haven't written any fiction. I've written three nonfiction books and my publisher. Was yeah, I read Unified. Getting... I read Unified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote, I wrote with a co-author too. And then my co-author fired me and I had to do two, two all by myself. So, uh, uh okay. All right. I, we're still friends, but um, he said I was too cynical uh, to, to write any more books with. But I, you mentioned your short chapters. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, my publisher kept kind of giving me an idea of the words per chapter. And when I'm reading Lion and Lamb, I, I sit there and think, well, that can't be the end of that chapter. It, it, it just it, it can't be. I, something's wrong with my computer. I was reading it on my computer. Did anyone try to, like, disabuse you of that? Did anyone say, no, nah, you got to do it differently? No, I'm not big on listening to people. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, you just kind of move forward. And if you believe in something and you, you know you're directionally right, you just keep. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know exactly what you're talking about in Lion and Lamb. But you know, one of the things in 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 some fiction, or you see it on TV a lot, and I, I like to do it. Where at the end of the chapter you must go to the next chapter. Right. You have no choice. Same thing in TV. I mean, and they'll do it at the end at some shows. And they go, oh, no, you can't end it there. Tune in next week, you know, whatever. And uh, so I like to do that. I like to keep people moving. Uh, um, um, I, I think it's useful and it's helped me. And it gets people to finish the books, which is, which is nice. Because they feel they, you know, they feel cheated if they don't finish the book. You also feel a sense of accomplishment because you have com com completed a chapter. Um, yeah, which is there's that. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. And people do that and then they'll get irritated at me because they, you know, they stay up till two in the morning or something. They can't stop reading. Uh, I've had people would accuse me of ruining their honeymoons, uh, which is kind of tragic. I, it sounds like maybe they got the wrong person, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, you have, I don't want to say a cult following. I, I don't want to say that, but it is, um, I'll just say a very loyal group uh, uh -huh. that will read whatever. Speaking of which, like Stephen Pressfield is is an author that I enjoy. Yeah, I, know, I know him, yeah. I know, yeah. Mm -hmm. He went from historical fiction to nonfiction. Uh, I don't want to say to help self-help, but almost to self-help. So are there genres that you wish you had written in that you have not or that no, I've written in all of them now? You've done them all I've covered every genre. No, there are a couple of kinds of books that I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do. I've done love stories, but I wouldn't do, you know, romance that I because I don't I'm not putting it down, but I don't entirely understand it. And I and I wouldn't do a novel. That was primarily about generals. I don't quite understand. I couldn't write a military. I did write with a friend of mine, Matt Eversman. I don't know if you're aware of these nonfiction books that I do, the uh, um, Walk in My Combat Boots, yes. things like that. Yeah. And um, Matt Eversman was the actual sergeant portrayed in Black Hawk Down, which I just saw over the weekend again. I hadn't seen it since it came out. And oh, my God, Matt is like the star of the movie. It's it's incredible. And I think about him because he's such a nice guy. And, you know, he was, a, he was in the Rangers for 20 years. And um, uh, but but he and I and, and, and what we wanted to do there, our mission was that if, if you were in combat, you would read that book and say, Eversman and Patterson got it right. Because what we do is we interviewed about 100 people who have been in combat and then told their stories. And each, each story is, as you, you know, the five, six, seven chapter, pages. So you, you, you keep going on it. But the other part of the mission was if you're one of these people that BS about stuff, like you understand stuff you don't understand, you would read it and go, I didn't know, I didn't understand the military. We wrote around about the cops and it's the same stuff. If you if you are a, a, a law officer, you would say Eversman and Patterson got it right. How could we not get it right? Because we're just interviewing people who are. And if you're one of these people that like pretends like you understand, you know, the, what goes on out there, you'd go, OK, I had no idea. And, and I think that's really useful when you can do books like that. And at the end of it, people go, boy, I really that I thought I understood police, but I didn't. Or we did one on ER nurses. Same thing. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, at any rate, but I think it's a useful thing to do. I like to do stuff like that. 
We're going to take a quick break. More of our conversation with Mr. James Patterson is next. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. I want to ask you about this notion of the idea. The idea for, for a book. Does it just hit you and you keep a list? Do you have to sit there and think, okay... I'm going to write another book. What you see ideas? this here? Oh, yes. That's a big stack of papers. That's a stack of ideas. Oh, Each page has one or many ideas. And when I'm, when I'm thinking about a, a new story for Alice Gross, or a new, I'll go through all these ideas, and I'll, I'll do a short list of maybe six, seven things that I find semi-interesting. Um, there's a short list here somewhere, wherever the heck it is. And I'll, and, and, and suddenly I'll go, boy, I'd like to write about that right now. I'm, I'm that, that kind of gets me excited and I'll begin to jot down sort of what some of the scenes might be and decide whether I can make, make a book out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, with Lion and Lamb, I know we'll get to that, but I mean, part of that, I love the idea of investigators because, they can kind of push things to the to the to the limit there, right to the edge of things, and uh, in terms of what's possible. And I like the idea of two investigators in this case, uh, as you said, one working for the DA and one working for, for the uh, for the defense. But they have pledged that whoever gets to the truth, they're going to respect that. Which is, which I don't know if that would really happen in real life, but I kind of like that. That's kind of cool in fiction. In fiction, you know, I know you're cynic and you said it would never, ever happen, but it happened this one time in Lion and Lamb. <laughs> Which is why I liked it. Uh, I mean, how much better would the world be if we really were on a joint pursuit of the truth? That would be as good. As opposed to a solo pursuit of just winning. No, that's yeah. why I liked it is. Uh-huh. I had a dozen investigators uh, when I, I was the district attorney after I was a U.S. attorney, and we had a dozen investigators in addition to all the detectives. So you you have uh, a very handsome, ambitious detective also yeah. mm-hmm. in this book. Yeah. But you put your finger on it. The role of the of the PIs for both the defense and the prosecution are a little different from from your traditional law enforcement so yeah they don't have to play by the rules nobody's watching them they don't have cameras attached to their whatever so they can play around a little bit and interestingly lamb and lion that's the name of the two investigators as you know but one of them plays by the rules a little more than the other one (laughs) which is interesting too uh and fun fun to write about now um i don't know one of them has great kids too i must say that uh, uh, yes. Cooper, Cooper Lamb's kids are they're they're really cool kids. And he's a cool dog too. The sunglasses. Where where I mean, do do you like characters that have like idiosyncrasies? I, I mean, I I was I was sitting there thinking of of Bono, the lead singer of U two, whom I've never mm-hmm. seen without sunglasses on. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And, and your female. Well, I liked, yeah, I liked it with with in terms of Vina Vina Lyon. I li- I like the idea that she's just not letting you know anything, so so that's kind of cool for her. And uh, she just doesn't wear them necessarily. She probably wears them to look cool too. But but uh, uh, but she just she's not letting you in on anything. She's not she's not giving you. You're not going to be able to read her eyes. So I, I I like that. And then at a certain point, she she'll take them off when she's in the company of Cooper. 
Cooper Lamb. And uh, yeah, you do want those videos. You, you want some of that, you know, with without it being too phony. It used to be the old thing, like in the movies. And, and, and they would think a, a big character thing was that the guy chewed gum or something, you know, like, really? <laughs> Uh, you know, if it really means something, maybe it maybe it tells you something about the character. But it, with Vina, it does because she's just she's she's crafty and she's just not letting you she's not letting you inside. Is that why you chose to kind of make the two stars? I mean, there are other stars in the book, but the two stars, private private investigators, private detectives, so they would have more leeway or to get around like the ethical constraints of maybe having a relationship with somebody on the other side yeah both leeway for sure and and the ethics depends on as i said which one cooper is pretty ethical lamb he's 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 you know he pushes it to the edge but he's but he's pretty ethical and 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 venus uh, i don't know she goes over the edge a little <laughs> uh yeah they probably both go over the edge a little bit illegally but not too not too far what what made you so I, I, I remember, you know, the D.A. calls because uh, I don't want to ruin the book for people. They need to read it. For and themselves. also, I won't remember because I wrote the thing three years ago. So, yeah, sometimes well, I forget. So what I'll, happens again? <laughs> I will refresh your recollection. All right, OK, all right. She is getting her nails done and the district attorney calls trying to get her to work on this homicide. And she's mm -hmm. initially not interested and doing it. Um, yeah. But but I'm sitting there thinking, OK, when I was the D.A., we would pick which detective we wanted to work with or we had our own investigators. But we did not often go find a private investigator, mm -hmm. which I thought was an interesting and new twist that the D.A., who's got all the power of law enforcement, would go mm -hmm. hire a private investigators i had a sense it was a little bit more common than that not totally common but that it was more common and i'm surprised that you would find you pick your own detective because somebody would be assigned to the case before it would get to you right usually uh, they, sometimes no yeah, they would <laughs> and i would call uh, his or her boss and say oh, I'm, really? not, okay. I'm not working with that person because uh -huh, if i don't right. trust okay. you then a jury uh -huh. can't trust you uh-huh uh-huh is, is the way i looked at it so okay all right but maybe I just had a better relationship with my sheriff uh, and my police chief. I just I, I how in the world can I ask a jury to trust someone if I can't rely on? Uh -huh, uh -huh. That's a good angle. I like that. I can I could I could play with that somewhere. <laughs> I want to throw an angle at you. Uh, and this is and this is just completely selfish. Have you thought about so? Lots of books about criminal defense attorneys, lots of TV shows, miniseries. I love True Detective, which is about two detectives. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that. I, ha I saw the first one. I haven't I haven't seen the ones after that. But the no, first you, you were yeah. right to stop after the first well, one. You, all right. were, you were right. But I haven't seen that many about prosecutors. Mm -hmm. about the DA or about a federal prosecutor. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Is that is that because they're just boring characters or? Uh, I don't know. I, I think part of it is the craziness in this world and in Hollywood that that, that they want to follow criminals more than than, uh, you know, but and I, I think there are some about prosecutors, but that's a good area. I could I could go there. 
And then what? I get sued by you. I get it. Okay. No, no, heavens. <laughs> no, well, first of all, if I wrote about it, nobody would know it because nobody would have read it. So, no, I just, I mean, you have, you have dishonest prosecutors, which I think John Grisham has written about overzealous prosecutors before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not a big fan of lawyers for, as the lawyers go. John. Which is weird. <laughs> it, it is so weird. Yeah. Let me ask you this. There, the rumor is... Dostoevsky sets out to write a book about Russian agricultural economics. That is the rumor. And mm. Anna Karenina springs from that, which no mm. one ever thinks about Russian agriculture or economics when they read that mm. book. You showed me a stack about five yeah. inches of ideas. There's, no, there's nothing there about agricultural economics, I guarantee you. But have you ever started someplace and wound up a thousand miles away from where you started. I, I don't think so, but I uh, because the outlines. By the time I get to the outline, it's it's not set in stone, but I've I've put a lot into it. The outlines will take me a month, and I might write seven drafts of the outline. Outlines are really important to me because they save an incredible amount of time eventually. If you have a good outline, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally wedded to the outline. I, I will because sometimes you'll be writing it. And and another twist will 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 as you're writing a chapter you go well, it was going this way but what if it goes that way and and that changes things somewhat or you you find yourself much more involved with one of the characters or in in terms of Lion and Lamb I got particularly there's this one character Maya Rain and I got very involved with her so she became more important as the, as the <laughs> yes. book book went on yeah 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 uh, and that yeah. happens a lot that happens a lot and 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 what happens to Maya. Well, we won't get into it, but, but uh, that, it, it pained me. It pained me, uh, uh, the, the, the drift of, of, of where Maya went to. You know. When I said the ending surprised me, that, that was what I was making reference okay, to. All right. And well, I also we, we, thought this is going to be made into a miniseries or a movie. So as an author, does it ever enter your mind, okay, I'm writing a novel, I'm writing a book, but someone's going to come want to make this into something else. Or do you just do what you want to do? And then if they come to you later on, that's fine. I do it a little bit more than I used to. But since I write, I mean, all my outlines are just scenes, just scene after scene after scene. Uh, and I'm surprised in Hollywood that they, they'll do these outlines that are like prose. I don't get that. Why would they not do it in scenes like I do? I don't I, It doesn't make sense to me since you're, the movie's going to be scenes. Um, I, I, I didn't I didn't used to do that, but I, I do. Well, I mean, for example, you, you know, people always go, oh, you wrote Alice Trust for the movies. No, I mean, people weren't making movies about black detectives, but not much. It just was not. No, they, that's not they're not going to make that movie. Uh, eventually they did. But, um, you know, Lion, we'll see with Lion. most of the things that I do. I think they could be pretty good streamers. You know, I have a bunch of there's one coming out. Uh, next uh, in September, 12 Months to Live, which I, I think, you know, Lion and Lamb is a lot of fun to read. I think 12 Months to Live is, is uh, in my opinion, just great popcorn. And, and I think, I think you know, to some extent, you know, we earned it. You know, remember the, the old McDonald's, you deserve a break today? I think we deserve a little break today. We get a little bit of entertainment. This is, I mean, we're going through a lot. And it's a daily, you know, a lot of, a lot of pain out there for us. So, uh, Lion and Lamb and Twelve Months to Live, and Twelve Months I did it with Lupica, and it's it's an interesting 
and I don't think, well, maybe it's been done before, but I've never heard of it before. 12 Months to Live comes out in September. Next year, eight months to live. The year after that, four months to live. And it's a uh, it's a defense attorney. The prosecutor's fine, not a bad person in this book. And and it's an incredible case that she's involved in. And I think she's the best character, better than Alice was. I think she's a great character. A real piece of work, ex-college hockey player. And, and very five 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 chapters in, she she finds out she's going to die, and uh, uh, and it just continues. Then eight you know eight months the next year and four months the following year in terms of the books, which I think is kind of cool. I don't know if it, and then you know we'll see if she dies. I mean, who knows? Who can tell about these things? Well, when I it was either because you were gracious enough to send it to me or I read it somewhere else. But when I finished Lion and Lamb, there was a section on 12 months to live. Oh, OK. OK. And, 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 and you are exactly right. When you read it, you are mad that it is just a blurb. And that you uh-huh. cannot finish the story. You you are entirely correct. That you well, if you if you know. send to the to the publisher, they'll they'll send you an advanced reading copy, and then it, it it is fun though. It's really a lot of fun to read. Mike's um, daughter, Lupica's daughter, uh, who's who she reads a lot, and she's she's nasty, but uh, she read it and she just said it is addictive. And then and then this other uh, relative, same thing. It, it is just it is addictive. It's uh, which I, I think is great. But I love doing this stuff. I'm, I just finished a, a, I just finished writing, completing a Michael Crichton novel. He had started it. He written like 70 pages. That was really, really fun. The, his estate, his his widow came to me and she said, would you be interested? And I said, well, let me read the 60 pages that he wrote. And it's a really cool story. It's about this eruption of this volcano on the island of Hawaii, and it's it's threatening to literally destroy the island. But there's something on the island that's even more dangerous, much more dangerous than that volcano. Uh, uh, and I said, yeah, I'd like to finish this one. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, uh, so that was really, really, really fun to do. That'll right, be I- next, next summer. Yeah. How do you pick your co-authors or do they come to you and and what are the qualities that make because i I wouldn't ask you to name names and you're too much of a gentleman to name names but i'm no i name them i'll name them i'm guessing there are people that you've written with that you might not want to write with again or there are people that you have written with that you can't wait to write with again a couple of the co-writers early on you know struck out on their own andy gross that's fine god bless uh, 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 Michael Ledwich, who I started the Michael Bennett novels with, he's off doing his own thing. That's great. And and, and they needed to get off. They needed to go and do their own. Uh, and that's a terrific thing. But mostly, no, I, I've i loved it. I, uh, you know, um, uh, I, I work with um, Muhammad Ali's uh, widow on a, in a kid's book. And, and she was great to, to talk to. Um, um, uh, Crichton's uh, uh, widow, uh, Sherry, Sherry Crichton. She's she's been great. Um, uh, Dolly, Dolly Parton. Yeah, I mean, we really became we've become great friends, which is really nice. Um, she the first year we were writing together, come my birthday, she, she called up and she sang happy birthday to me over the phone. And I wanted to like say, Dolly. I'm going to hang up now. I want you to call again and you're going to get my voicemail. I want you to sing it to my voicemail. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> but I didn't do that. I didn't have the nerve to do that. But that's been really terrific. And I think, well, I, Hollywood is all shut down. But otherwise, I think we'd be shooting that movie now. But that was great. Clinton and I, uh, that's been a really President Clinton. We've done two. We're doing another one now. And and that's a nice friendship. He sent me for Christmas a, a humidor. And he knows I don't smoke. And uh, so I called him up. I said, well, you know, Am I supposed to put bubble gum or chocolate cigars in here? And he said, oh, bubble gum. He said, at our age, you got to exercise our gums and stuff, you know. Um, you know, so that's a nice one. We talked about not talking about politics. But, you know, in my world, I'm, I'm obviously friendly with the Clintons. And you, I'm sure you're good friends with Hillary now. But the Clintons, uh, the Bushes, I'm friendly with them. I, I know the Trump family reasonably well. And, you know, once again, no politics. I tell you, this is a, a cute story about the the trump family uh i'm so i'm so bad with names boy sons uh eric, donald eric, and eric, eric and donald uh, i occasionally golf at the club that where eric lives and um his wife lara was saying something about uh their, their kid had just lost the, their this doll this uh sock puppet thing and he was oh my god and they couldn't find the sock puppet and my wife sue said i know where they make those she's from wisconsin so we we called the sock puppet we're not close to to eric and, and lara but you know we're cordial and uh, then we showed up two nights later at the house with the sock puppet for him and you know but it's just human human people just whatever it's all good but but I'm I, I, whatever. I mean, as I said, it's not political for me. That's just family stuff. And it's just meeting people and trying to be reasonable with them and you know, whatever. You know, those are what, what you just described are bridges. And um, and people uh, people that know that I used to work in Washington, they will, will ask me if I ever met President Obama. And I said, yeah, I met him several times. And almost every conversation we had began and ended with golf. Which uh -huh. is another bridge, uh -huh. Uh, uh -huh. because if you are avid golfers, you will put your political differences aside if you think yeah. that person can help you get out of a bunker, which uh -huh. is what President <laughs> Obama asked me was uh -huh. to help him with his sand game. Uh, OK, and what uh -huh. you just the ability. I mean, people love great books. It doesn't matter their political orthodoxy. They love yeah. thrillers. I do have to ask you this, though, because I wonder. You mentioned interviewing soldiers because they helped you write that book. You well, mentioned the, the book is all comes from interviews. Yes. All right. You it's mentioned just, it's just each. What happens each soul each chapter, as I said, five seven pages, whatever it is, and you will get a feeling for that soldier, and then a couple of stories. Mind-bending stories, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right, and and clearly, it's, it's extremely readable. But, you know, it, which I, which I think is important. <laughs> clearly, you have talked to detectives. I mean, you can't write the way you write without having had conversations. So my, right. what I'm wondering is to unlock the mind of a sadistic killer of a serial killer also requires you to spend some time thinking on the darker elements yeah. of the, mm -hmm. so, so does that ever bother you do you ever like spend no, too much no because it, it's not who i am uh, but i you know i think i think a lot everybody has some dark thoughts or cynical whatever the heck it is so if you're open to okay you know why would somebody 
whatever, have this incredible hatred for women or whatever the heck drives them. You know, I'm going to do um, I just signed up to do the uh, Idaho murders. I'm doing a book on that and and, and a documentary. Uh, so I'll go out for the trial. Uh, I, I don't know. They're scared. They say it's going to be October, but I doubt it. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and it's just a, it's an interesting case. It's just, you know, one of those things you go like, Small town, little sense of, you know, in cold blood, uh, uh, nothing for the most part, bad things didn't happen there. College town, police force, it wasn't necessarily, you know, they, they weren't used to stuff like this. Uh, uh, lawyers, you know, whatever. Oh my, oh, my God, how are they going to handle this thing? You know, big guns coming in now. Uh, the whole world is watching. Seemingly uh, random, seemingly random, but rarely is it really random. That's a big question, too, for sure. You know, uh, I'm doing with Vicki Ward. Vicki Ward is a a good journalist. did a lot of of Vanity Fair stuff, and she's already gone down to Pennsylvania. So we're looking into trying to, you know, a couple of years for for Brian Coles, but he he disappeared for a couple of years somewhat. And that's so that's an interesting uh, it's probably a book in itself. So we'll see. But but it's 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 fascinating. Keeps me going. Keeps me excited. Um, as I said, I, I I love doing it. I'd be lost if I if I if I if I couldn't write the books. How often do people stop you um, at the golf course or the grocery store and give you unsolicited ideas? No, I just shut them, I shut them off right away. I tell you what, the fame thing is funny. I tell you just a quick story. Uh, before we left Florida, there's one Italian restaurant we love there. So my wife and I, we showed up and uh, uh, we had to wait a minute for the reservation in the front of the room. And then we're walking down the aisle, a very you know family owned kind of place. And this woman pops up from a chair and she says, I know you. I know you. She said, you sold us our life insurance. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> and then we this happened within five minutes of story. I'm going to tell. So we Sue and I sat down. And they bring the appetizers and somebody behind us goes like, are you from Massachusetts? And I turn around and he goes, you're Tom Clancy. <laughs> this is 10 minutes in a restaurant. So, you know, so much for fame. Uh, yes, but they do. Uh, they'll come up in, in particular veterans of wars where they've had something on their mind, something that's been bugging them, you know, and if you've been through a, a life and death thing like that, you want to tell the story, even if it's really only should be a chapter, you know what I mean? And and will you write my story with me? Or my husband has this incredible story that we know it could be a great movie or book. And we, yeah. So you get that a lot. And, and that's hard because, you know, they're coming from, from some truth that they have. Uh, uh, and, and, and you want to be, um, uh, you know, generous in your response and stuff. But, you know, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, you you just you just had the soup spoon to your mouth when they came up and, and they said and they always say, like, I hate to bother you, <laughs> but we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do it anyway. You know, oh. that's OK. It's all That's good. My favorite is when they say, I, I, I hate to interrupt you. <laughs> and because what I want to <laughs> say is, well, then don't. No, but, yeah, you don't. But I don't. I don't yeah, say yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, try right. to, we try to be nice. Nancy Allen, um, I know you've written with her in the past. She looks yeah. like a former, definitely a lawyer, former AG, AG assistant AG, prosecutor. Am I He's right? A lawyer for sure. I don't know her whole background. Yeah, okay. Nancy and I, we we have a nice relationship. We go back. We've done some lawyer books and we're we're doing another one now. 
about this kid outside of St. Louis and she gets in some trouble that she's probably been framed and, you know, yeah, but uh, I'm sorry, but what about Nancy? No, I was just, I, 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 I noticed I I was researching some of your co-authors because it's a very eclectic, I mean, to be able to write with a former president, Dolly Parton, who's a cultural icon. Yeah. And I mean, collaborating is hard. I mean, you mentioned the one book I wrote with someone else, but we yeah. didn't write it together. He wrote a chapter. Yeah, no, we, a chapter. we haven't had a, I haven't had a problem with it. There was one, I did a, a thing with a, a Swedish author um, at one point, a, a novelist. And we, I went over to Sweden for when we launched the novel. You know, you do a novel here. You're lucky if you get one person to interview you, but over there, we had like 43 interviews. It was insane. And they all said, how could a Swede and an American ever get together and cooperate? I don't know. And, and we said there were two things. One, um, uh, we had respect for one another's writing. And the second thing and the most important thing is we listened. And that's the, that's been the key thing with with Dolly or any. Oh, yeah. What are your thoughts? What are your you know, Do- Dolly was the coolest thing, because I actually I was thinking we might do children's books because I do, do them and she has the imagination library. And so I said, well, let me come down and we'll shoot the breeze and whatever. And we spent a couple of hours in her little office, just the two of us. And we made the deal. No lawyers, no agents, no nothing. When the agents found out, they were like, what? 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 <laughs> but that was, you know, and, and and we just hit it off right away. Then we started talking about the, this. I had a, a, an, a vague idea for, for the adult book that we wound up doing, Run, Rose, Run. And uh, but I got home and, and I'd given her just a little bit of an outline. And, and literally, like two days later, I got some notes she had on the outline, and she had already written, I swear to God, she'd written the lyrics for seven songs to, to oh, be wow. in the book, to be in the book, and then, and then to be in the movie. And then she actually, we, she hadn't thought of this at the time, but she actually went and recorded the songs. Oh, my but that's Lord. Dolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why, I mean, one of the reasons we got along so well, my grandmother, when I was growing up, she had this line, hungry dogs run faster. And and Dolly and I are hungry dogs. And we both go out and chop wood in the morning. She's up at, I forget, like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. She's, she's, she's you know, anyway, but it, it, it's been a lot of fun. But I, I've never had a bad experience with the co-writing. It's all been good. There have been a couple of people, a couple of them that you know, that went away, and it's okay. It's, that's fine. They were ready. <laughs> you know, once they start sort of saying, well, you know, I don't like your outline, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's good. But you should go do your own outline now. It's time. You're ready. We'll be right back with more of the Trey Gowdy podcast. All right, let me ask you about your philanthropy. You yeah. uh, obviously uh, the most successful author on planet Earth right now. Um, but, uh, very generous. So got one more question I asked you about lion and lamb, but I'm also going to give you a chance to talk about some of your philanthropic endeavors, particularly, uh, as it relates to books and making them available to young people. Uh, well, listen, I, I, t- I take no credit for this. My mother and grandmother, just the way I was brought up, give back. They, uh, my mother was a teacher. Uh, your wife's a teacher, right? Yes. I mean, my mother was a teacher and, that's what she did. And my grandmother, um, it was just, you know, and they didn't, they weren't sanctimonious about it. They didn't pat themselves on the back. That was just a deal. And it's the same thing with me. I don't even think about it. It's just kind of, that's the way it, it goes. And, uh, 
I tried it just to make it easy and clear, and it makes it easy for me to say, no, everything I do, it's all about getting kids reading or teachers or it's so it's all. So if somebody calls up and wait, I, I want to do something on what you know, I go, well, I don't do that. We're kind of Sue and I, it's all in this area. So we do a lot for, you know, for teachers. Uh, and, 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 and sometimes when it's real point that I like, like we do, Sue went to University of Wisconsin and they're great. They're great to work with. And one of the things we have there is it's scholarships for teachers uh, we we got involved early, and then they brought a bunch of other people in. But the way it works is, if you teach, and then you stay in the in the state of Wisconsin, the first year we forgive one third of your debt. The second year you're teaching, the second third of your debt. The third year your debt's gone, which is great. It's great for the kids, the teachers. It's great for the school. It's great for the school of education, and it's great for the state. And Wisconsin is a state school, so they like that. <laughs> Uh, so I, I love stuff like that, where I do the uh, uh, the writer school at, at University of Iowa, and they were kind of getting in, in trouble in terms of because they want to fund all the kids that go there. It's not a big school, you know, but uh, so so I, I do I do that one. I don't do South Carolina. I don't. I do I do a fair amount in the SEC. Well, Vanderbilt, of course. I do University of Alabama, uh, Florida, uh, Mississippi State. I think we have four in the SEC. When I was reading Lion and Lamb, I thought of, and I have not read the series, I got to be honest with you, but I watched the series, CB Strike, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the series. I read I read a couple of the books. Yeah, J.K. Rowling, right, yeah. That That's right. R- writing under a nom de plume. And there is this romantic tension between these two private investigators mm-hmm. that... I mean, the, the, the cases they're working on are interesting, too, but you really find yourself hooked on whether or not they're ever going to. Yeah, become uh-huh, a couple. Uh-huh. So on Lion in the Lamb, you've got enough to carry. You've got a really, really prominent homicide victim. You've got yeah. ambitious cops. You've got. But they're interesting that, suspect. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. But yeah. Something about the human condition also likes that romantic tension. Yeah. And, and yeah. you have it here. Yeah. I just got a, uh, what the hell is this, the series, um, Castle. Uh, I'm blanking on the the, the the main character, the male actor. Do you remember his name? Um, I would have if you had just read. Me. He just read Lion and Lamb, and he just okay. said the quote, which I which I haven't read yet, but it, it's very positive. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, and that was a great one of the tensions of that series. Castle was he and 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 the detective, and they kind of ruined the series when they married him when they got him married. Right, it was there went a romantic, ten, you know, whatever. I mean, you can have another kind of tension, but yeah. So so in in Lion and Lamb, we you know we have Lion and Lamb, and there is that tension. And I like that that we don't just don't do the expected with it. It's you know it's which which I think is good. You don't want to do that where they go. Oh yeah, I kind of knew where that was going. Yeah. You know, I think the anticipation is greater than realization. And I, I, well, have, I uh, except in our marriages, right? No, oh yes, sir. Uh, thank <laughs> you for pointing that out to me. I was just getting ready to say that. Except yeah. for well, there's a reason he's the most popular author on planet earth uh obviously you have to understand something about the way the human condition works to be able to speak to it lion and lamb is the latest but you've been kind enough to foreshadow 
You got other stuff in the pipeline. Twelve months to coming. live. Don't miss it. Twelve you months to live, and then you what? Eight <laughs> months to live, six months to live, four months to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that'll be in in, in succeeding years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so anyway, well, good talking to you. This was a lot of fun, uh, and uh, I went longer than I should have, but so it goes. You did us the favor, and uh, you do not need help selling books. You have you you get that done uh, without. Uh, uh, podcast, but I know that our, I, our I, I wanted to, I wanted to do the interview. I wanted to do the interview. So, well, thank you for doing it. And you are welcome. welcome back anytime. And, uh, I can't wait to follow your, uh, amazing career. The one person who majored in English, I've been telling everybody else to do it. See how good you turn out. You major in uh -huh, English and uh -huh, go get a uh -huh. master's. See how good you turn out. You get well, nine hole in ones. Even even if you don't read 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 some books, man, read some books. You're all right. You're a, you want to be a political scientist. Read some fiction. You want to be uh, economics. Read some. You know. At any rate, nice talking to you. Hey, if you were on a deserted island for for a yeah, year, for I'm not going to leave you on that island forever. But I'm going to put you on yeah, that island you. for a year. Yeah. What author would you take with you, not named James Patterson? You can only well, take the one. book that I would read, and I, it's my favorite book, probably of all. And I and it's a long book, so I could it might last a year. I might read it a couple times. A hundred years of solitude. Oh my lord! Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel Garcia Garcia. That that um, I I think I could read that two or three times. He also wrote uh, Love in the Time of Cholera, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. what a great pick. Uh, Mr. James Patterson, thank you for joining us. And uh, thank you. God bless you and all the best. Okay. Have a good one. Yes, sir. You too. Listen ad free with a Fox News podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad free on the Amazon Music app. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.